and peace on earth to people he favors. Don't you love the Christmas chaos? Have you been to the stores at all? I avoid Walmart and every other store similar to Walmart like the plague on Black Friday. I am not a shopper. I'm one of those guys that go, I'm a beeline. I go to where I want to go. I look, I look at something in technology, then, but then I'm out of there. But I avoid those places because it's chaos. And I don't like to be in the midst of it. Uh, driving out on the roads, I know when the college students are back for the, back, uh, for the school year. I know when they leave. Uh, it, it's chaos. But especially this season, you know, things like finding the right Christmas tree or dragging the one that you have out of the attic or up from the basement. Isn't that a joy? Then decorating the tree and the rest of the house. But then here it is, planning, purchasing, and wrapping of all the gifts. Isn't that fun? Not. Some of it's okay. But it gets a little chaotic at times, doesn't it? Because all the things that have to be done. You've got to get the gifts, and you've got to bring them home, and you got to... And I'm telling you, I've I got, I got to tell you a story. It was okay as a kid, because we were the recipients. You know how it is. You get beyond 40, it's like, uh, don't worry about it. Just a kid. As long as the kids have something, we're good. Right? Isn't that true? It is what it is. But when I was a kid, we were masters at figuring out what was inside the present. I'm telling you, we were masters. You do this, I will shoot both of you. We would take, we would encourage mom and dad to buy the nice big name tags. There was a reason behind that. Razor blade. Slice that thing open, lift up underneath it, slice the package underneath it, and you had a window about two inches by three inches that you could figure out what it was. Yeah! That's what I'm telling you, we did that. And then we put a nice piece of tape perfectly over the original. No one was ever the smarter. We knew what we were getting. And the ones that we... And we had a tradition. Open up one gift on Christmas Eve. You know the ones that we opened up? The ones that we couldn't figure out by the two, through, two by three inch window that we cheated and looked into. And we were bad. You do it, I'll kill you. Um, but here it is. It's chaos though. Or how about... The busyness of getting everything done before you leave the job for Christmas break. Or the running around to the relative's house and of course all those visitors coming to your house making sure that no one gets their feelings hurt. You know, the in-laws got to have their time and the outlaws got to have their time but somehow someone's going to get their feelings hurt. But in reality, you hate putting up Christmas trees. I'm telling you what, they, they come up with this new Christmas tree stand. It's called the Marriage Saver. Anybody ever seen it? It saved our marriage, I kid you not. So simple as a hole drilled in the center of it, and <laughs> why did they not have those 20 years ago? Maybe they did, and I just didn't know about it. But you know how many, how many fights that we had over the tree falling in our first couple years of marriage? Yeah, that fun went right out the window. And that was about five years ago. We see this one that they drill a hole and go thunk. I'm like, man, where was I all these years? The lights won't work that you bought just last season. You're convinced that there's a conspiracy between Walmart and the Christmas powers that be to make you have to buy more lights every year. Been through that? I mean, you just bought them last year, and all of a sudden this year, like, what the world? This is not right. And all your kids have to be somewhere at the same time, and you still have plenty of work to do. 
But you know, you have to admit, we love the season, but it's the busyness of it that often robs us of our peace. And it's amazing here because we celebrate the birth of Christ during this time. As we read in Luke chapter 2, and we read it every year, the Christmas story, the story of Christ coming to earth. And verse 14 puts it so adequately. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. Peace on earth. Is there really peace? The very announcement of our Lord's birth was intended to bring glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace in the hearts of those who He favors. So the question, do you have this peace? If not, something has robbed you of this peace. It's a peace that God intended for those that know Him and love Him to have. Yet, if it's not there, there's a reason. And there's something that has robbed us. The Messiah can and should change everything. He was the Savior of the world and the Lord of all creation. And this news ought to bring peace in the hearts of man. But why, for so many people, do they live in turmoil and constant unrest? Um, I think God's Word gives us a clear picture of why Take your Bibles just for a moment. We're going to camp on this just for a minute. Isaiah chapter 26, and verse 3. It says, You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Think about that. It says, You will keep in perfect peace the mind that is dependent on you, for it is trusting in you. So we see right off the bat there's a correlation between what our mind dwells on and the peace that we should be able to have in Christ if we are what? Trusting in Him. And that's where the problem comes. Could it be that the peace is lost because we have lost our focus on the Savior and have focused too much on the Santa of the season? After all, what was the purpose of the Savior's birth? We find that again in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Very clear purpose of, what, of why Jesus Christ came to this earth. Verse 16 says this, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world that He might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. If the whole reason for the Christmas story, if the whole reason is for the birth of Christ is that the world might know Him, I wonder what is missing. What's missing? We forgot the reason. We forgot the purpose. We don't keep it front and center before us. Think about this. God is a sovereign God. Think of all the circumstances of life that happen on a daily, regular basis. On a weekly basis all around us. All the things that happen. Do we consider that God is in control? And yet we let circumstances and situations rob us of our peace when in essence God's saying, wait a minute, this is not an accident in your life. Let me give you an example here, or a couple of examples. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah 46 and verse 10. Isaiah 46 verse 10. It says, I declare the end from the beginning and from the long ago what is not yet done. This is amazing. Saying, my plan will take place and I will do all my will. 
Verse 11, I call a bird of prey from the east, a man for my purpose from the country. Yes, I have spoken, so will I also bring it about. I have planned, and I will also do it. Think about this. And then he goes on and gives this a word of warning. Verse 12, listen to me, you hard-hearted, for far removed from justice. I am bringing my justice near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not delay. I will put my salvation in Zion my splendor in Israel. God says, what I plan happens. And yet sometimes when the accidents of life happen, we wonder why. We wonder, well, God, did you know that this was going to happen? Did you know I was going to face this struggle? Did you know I was going to go through this turmoil? God, did you know that I was going to deal with this? answer is, yes. And if God has allowed it, who am I say, God, you've made mistakes. And I'm going to let this rob me of my peace in you. Then he goes on in Psalm chapter 115. Turn over there. Psalm chapter 115. Just back in the longest book of the Bible. Psalm 115, right there near the middle. 115 verse 3. He says, Our God is in heaven and does whatever He pleases. God doesn't have to ask our permission. Nope. He can do whatever He wants. And if God is allowing things into our life that shake things up a little bit, it's okay. Because He's God. And He can do whatever He wants. He doesn't have to get permission. He doesn't have to get, uh, you know, make sure it's okay with us before He allows it. In Psalm 135 and verse 6, it says, Yahweh does whatever He pleases in heaven and on earth. He's God. And He can do whatever He wants. How about Romans chapter 11? Romans chapter 11. It's another interesting verse. In verse 36. It says, For from high, or I'm sorry, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Is God in control? If the answer to that question is yes, then I ought to have peace in my heart. Despite all the chaos, despite everything else that's taken place, one more, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. He says this, Yet for us there is one God, the Father. All things are from Him, and we exist for Him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through Him, and we exist through Him. God is sovereign. We have to understand that. The bottom line is this. Do I trust Him? He does not make any mistakes and He never is going to make a mistake. So we come to Romans chapter 8, a very familiar verse. We've said it before. Romans 8, 28 and following. It says, We know that all things work together for good of those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. Now here's the thing. We're in a season of chaos. It's hustle, it's bustle, it's trying to get everything done. And it's almost like our culture and traditions of America dictate to us our schedule. Everything around us is like boom, 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 got to get it done. And we forget in the midst of all this, God has a plan. And we can let the world's plan dictate to us how we respond. Or we can say we can rest in God. God's God makes no mistakes. All things work together for good. So all the chaos, all the things that are going on, 
I can let that dictate how I respond. Or I can say, God, you're in control, and I'm going to let you respond. I'm going to respond according to who you are. All things work together for good. Is that true or false? True, but is it conditional? Is it? Yes, it is. It says, all things work together for good to those who love God. See, the flat tire is pretty cool when you know that God has allowed it. Is that not true? Could God have said, you know, I, you know, I know how busy Ken is today. I'm not going to let him have a flat tire. Could God do that? Absolutely, he could. But sometimes he allows it for a reason. Sometimes he says, I just want you to slow down. Sometimes I want you just to wait a minute. In fact, maybe today there's going to be a terrible accident up here, and I just want you to be back here because I'm going to protect you from this and allow you to have this. We don't know. But if I love God, that requires I trust Him completely, implicitly. If I love Him, I say, God, you're not going to make any mistakes in my life today. I love you enough, God, to trust you with my life. Because you know what to do better with my life than what I know what to do with my life. So I trust God. I love Him enough to trust Him that He's not going to make any mistakes in my life. But look what it goes on to say, verse 29. Verse 29 says, For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So then he has a reason. He's making us more like his Son. And then it says this, So that we would be the firstborn among many brothers, and those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he justified, and those he justified, he glorified. God has got a work in progress in us. And he's making us more like himself. So I can get ticked at all the circumstances, or I can say, God, you're in control. And I trust you. But here's the thing. All week I've been thinking about this correlation between peace and surrender. We talked a little bit about it in Sunday school. But there seems to be a strong correlation between having peace and willingness to surrender. You see, when I'm in control of my life, rather than surrendering control of my life to God, peace is on me to make it happen. You understand what I'm saying? When it's up to me, boy, I've got to get everything in order. I have to make sure this is right and this is right and I've got to get that done and this done. But when it's on me, peace is conditional. But when I say, God, you're in control of my life and I surrender my life to you and I trust you, then it's a matter of I still have peace in God. I have peace in knowing that he's in control. I have peace in knowing that he's got everything in, everything's laid out. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Sovereign God, not going to make any mistakes. So the question is, if I don't have peace, I wonder if I've surrendered to God yet. Because there seems to be a strong correlation throughout Scripture that peace comes through surrender. He says this again. He says, I'll keep his mind in perfect peace who is trusting in him, who stayed on him. Where is my focus? Where is the whole mindset of my life? Is it on me and what I'm doing, or is it on God and what He's doing? To whom is this peace directed? I love this in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Peace among men whom His favor rests. Peace among men with whom He is pleased. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We know that from Hebrews. So Christmas does not bring peace to everyone, does it? I mean, the whole story of Christ's coming. You would think that brings peace to everybody. 
Because everybody's joyous and happy and families are coming together and everybody's getting a gift. And that means just everybody's got peace and happiness and joy, right? Why is it that holidays are seem to be some of the most discouraging time for many? They don't have the peace. Well, I would submit that it's because we're not surrendering to God. And also, according to Luke chapter 2, he says, Peace is among those upon whom he favors. In other words, those who are trusting Him, those who have given their life and faith to Him, those people have peace. And in those people, God is glorified. Once again, there's a correlation here. In John 1, verses 11 and 12, it says, It came unto His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, He gave them the right to be the children of God to those who believe in His name. Those who chose to believe, God's done a work, He's called them, He's working, and they place their faith and trust in Him. Those people have God's favor. According to Luke 2.14, and they have peace. Then He goes on to say in John 14.27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Your peace must not be troubled or fearful. Or your heart must not be troubled or fearful. So we have peace, not as the world gives. The world thinks they can find peace in all the circumstances of life. As long as I have money in my account, I'm good. I have peace. As long as nobody's going through any sickness or illness or cancers, I have peace. As long as my kids are obedient and they're growing up and they're healthy, I have peace. As long as everything's secure, my job, I have peace. That's the world's peace. And it's temporary. But he says, that's not the peace that I'm leaving you. He says, my peace I give you is not as the world gives you, but my peace I leave to you. My peace comes from what? Trusting and surrendering and letting God be in control of my life. And then he says in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving... Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, once again, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Is that a promise? Yes. But is it conditional? Yes, it is. See, not everybody has that peace. Peace comes to those who don't worry, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ and are walking with Him and are making their requests being made known to Him and, and are surrendering to Him and working with Him and trusting God, those are the people that God says, you'll have the peace that only I can give. And I look at that often and say, why don't people have peace? Because people have not learned to trust God. See, when it's all on me and what I have to do and what I, all the circumstances of life and me bearing the pressure of it, it's too great. I can't do it. Anybody understand that? I cannot do it. You cannot do it. Because we cannot control circumstances. Despite what we think we can, we can't. So the peace of God says, according to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, says, But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then the peace of God comes. But it will not come apart from trust.
key that unlocks the treasure chest of God's peace is faith in the promises of God. We see this in Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace when? Conditional. As you, what? Believe in Him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peace comes as we believe. So, let's put this all back in correlation again. He says, He came unto His own, His own received Him not, but to them they gave, who, who did receive, but all who did receive to them He gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe. So when we believe, we start a relationship with Him. And the peace comes as I surrender and trust in Him. And as I develop that relationship with Him, I have peace. But as long as I'm doing it in my own flesh, my own strength, not going to happen. So now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him. So that means when I get up in the morning, am I going to trust God today? Am I going to surrender His will to His will or try to make my own will permeate everything I do? Am I going to let the circumstances of the life come in on me? Or am I going to say, God, I'm going to trust you that no matter what comes, I'm going to respond correctly. I fail at that. Anyone else? Not, nothing from the peanut gallery, because they know me too well. Every circumstance of life is an opportunity to say, God, I surrender, or I'm going to do this my own way. Everything. There's no middle ground. So he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him. Are you believing? It's an ongoing thing. I believe God's in control of this day. I believe that God's going to do what He, what he does best in, in orchestrating the events of my life. And I'm going to surrender. So amidst conflict, amidst struggle, amidst disappointment, amidst anxiety, amidst the busyness of everything that has taken place around me, am I willing to believe that God is in control? Am I going to believe that God is exactly who He says He is? And He can do exactly what He says He came to do. Am I going to submit to Him as the Lord of my life? Will I let Him be the Master, the Curios, the Lord and Savior, Master of my life? Because until I surrender to that, peace is my response. But when I say, God, I'm yours, and whatever happens, happens because of your sovereignty and because of who you are and because you're going to get what you want in life, until I do that, I'm fighting a battle that's not going to be won. It comes through surrender. And when we do trust the promises of God and have joy and peace, then God is glorified. How do I know that? It says that in Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men with whom He is pleased. Men and women who believe and trust in Him. Turn back to our text one more time. Luke chapter 2. My Bible is skipping this on purpose. It's a conspiracy here. There we go. Luke chapter 2. So, let's go back to verse 8. 
In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Here's the circumstances. They're scared. Anybody scared of circumstances in life? You're uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. Join the shepherds. The angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Why? Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, is born for you in the city of David. This forever changes everything, and it forever changes our life when we know who Jesus is. And until you know who Jesus is, it won't change your life. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, there's just one more little nerve I might jump on just for a minute. Verse 13 says, In the presence of Jesus, there was praising God. Have you learned to praise God? The angels come in there and all of a sudden, wow, this is not as bad as I thought it was. Yes, we're afraid. We don't know what's happening. They're they're, they're terrified. And the angel comes and says, wait a minute, don't be afraid. And the praising begins. Just a thought. Have we learned to praise God through this? Verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Who are the people he favors? Those who trust him. The question is, are we willing to trust them? Peace comes through trust and trust happens when we surrender. There's no other way. Until we learn to surrender and relinquish our will to his, and say, God, I trust you. I love you enough to trust you. You're not going to make any mistakes. You know what's best for me. I'm not going to have true peace. I can try to search for it in all that this world has to offer, but I'm going to come up short. It's only going to come when I relinquish my will to his, when I surrender and I say, God, I trust you. So when everything happens in this life, and especially in this chaotic season that we celebrate every year and and all the busyness and the hustle and the bustle and we almost lose sight of the reason that it's about Jesus Christ and what he came to this earth to do. If we let it be about schedules and the busyness and what people are doing or not doing, we're going to be sidetracked. We're going to be misdirected because we're trying to control the outcome. Life's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. How will we respond to it is the difference. Is God in control or is he not? Do I trust him or do I not? Am I surrendering or am I not? So the question is, do you have peace? Do you have peace? It will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts me. Surrender to him. This season, I trust that you know Jesus Christ. 
no greater joy on the face of the earth than to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, to know that he is your Savior. It's not an insurance ticket, a fire escape from hell, but it's a relinquishing of my life to him. Say, God, I trust you. I have faith in you. I trust you. You are exactly who you said you are. You did exactly what you said you did on the cross, and I believe you. And he shed his blood, and he gave his life. That's the greatest gift. That's the reason for the season. Christ came to earth. Do you know him? Do you have peace in him? If not, may we today keep it that day of salvation in you. Are you willing to trust him? Are you willing to surrender to him?